Substack is like a blogging platform almost for somebody that doesn't have a website or doesn't want to use their website for that. Definitely for long form content. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the ex-agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the Duo in Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode number 84, and it is our very first repeat guest, the one and only Sarah from Between the Lines Copywriting. We absolutely love sourcing new topic ideas from our listeners, so please continue to send them our way. And one of those ideas that we received recently was all about Substack. And if we should have one, if we should use one for our business, how it relates to email marketing, all the questions. My brain immediately thought of Sarah, and you will soon find out why. And if you don't know what this is, what Substack is, or anything about it, don't worry because we're going to get into all of that goodness with the email marketing queen herself, Sarah. So for the sake of not giving any of this goodness away, let's jump right on into this episode. Hello, Sarah. Today is a big day because you are the very first repeat guest on Duo On Air. I oh my God, I'm super famous. special. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. And I'm super excited to have you on because we actually had this request come in from someone who was listening to this episode asking to hear more about Substack. And my brain immediately went to you and your brilliant email <laughs> newsletter. And if anyone follows you on Tuesday Table of Contents, then they know that you are like the most amazing email marketer, storyteller, <laughs> all the things. Entertainment, it's like basically watching Bravo. So it's great. I'm here for the entertainment. I <laughs> will be providing some wild stories with my marketing tips. <laughs> oh, yes. And the weaving together into conversion, like brilliant. Just great. Wow. So, help me out. Oh, right. I know. Um, and obviously anyone who does not read your emails is going to sign up right after this. So, but anyways, for, so you have been on our podcast, you chatted about copy that converts and that was all the way back in episode 12. I had to go look because that was like very beginning days of duo on air, which is awesome. Yeah. What episode are we on now? Uh, this is going to be episode 84. So yeah, it's crazy. I remember when you thought of the idea for this podcast. That feels so I know. Long and you helped us write the website copy page. So, you know, yes, I did. it's beautiful. All coming for full circle. But I was just going to say anyone, full circle moment. I know. I love it. So if anyone has not listened to you on episode 12 or heard us brag about you on the Instagrams, why don't you tell everyone who you are and your business, what you do, all those good things. All right. Hi, everybody. My name is Sarah. I am a freelance website copywriter. I specialize in website copy and email marketing, and I also offer mentorship. And I have an online course where I teach you how to write the best copy and then how to get the right people to your website using blogging, email, and SEO. And that's what I'm up to over here. I'm from New England. And that's really all you need to know at this moment. <laughs> uh, and your vacations are just like, for us Midwesterns, when you go vacation on Cape Cod, I'm like, oh, 
damn you looks beautiful yeah, I get that a lot I get like death threats because I'm having a good time <laughs> I know I'm happy for you <laughs> thank you so much you're invited uh well so last time we talked all about copywriting which this is definitely related to copywriting but mm -hmm. we want to talk about Substack, and I think for some people people might be familiar other people might not know what the heck we're talking about so can you just walk us through what it is Yes, I can. I'm actually so excited that you asked me to be on for this episode because everyone asks me this all the time and I'm pumped to have just a link I can send them like, here guys, here's the answer to your question. So Substack to me, the way that I usually explain it is like a blogging platform almost for somebody that doesn't have a website or doesn't want to use their website for that. So basically you create a Substack profile and you just publish articles. If you know what Medium is, it's similar to Medium, but the way that I would describe it is a website where you can publish posts like long form posts beyond just, you know, photos on Instagram. It's definitely for long form content. So what did you decide to use it for? Like what was the biggest pull that you wanted to dig into? Because obviously you have a website and you yes. have a blog and you have all of those <clears throat> things. So what's the benefit of having Substack for your business? For me, the benefit of having Substack is I use it for my newsletter archive. A lot of people, this is the number one question that when I was just referring to, people are like, why do you have Substack? If you have email marketing through a different platform, you send your newsletter via email and you have a website and you have a blog. So Substack, one of the cool things about it is it lets you email people like they can subscribe and or honestly, they have to subscribe to your Substack to be able to read it or they can bypass it. This is some tea about Substack. I actually pause my story for a second. If you ever are on Substack and it says like, I think mine says, you know, probably just between lines copywriting, like the name of my newsletter and it gives you a little opt-in. You can click no thanks and you can still read it. <laughs> so when you go on Substack, you don't have to actually subscribe. So that's the real tea. But anyways, the benefit of Substack is you can email that article that you publish right to somebody. Um, so they don't have to go on Substack to read it. They can get it in their inbox. So that's why a lot of people choose it. But the reason I chose to use it for my newsletter archive is because I don't want to publish every single newsletter on my blog. Like that's not happening. Um, that would absolutely clog the shit out of my blog. I have been sending weekly newsletters now for, by the time this episode is out, I think 140 two weeks straight. So I'm not going to publish all of those things on my blog. And I repurpose some of the content from my newsletter as blog posts or a lot of times I will, you know, write something for my newsletter and then expand on it and provide more information in the blog post. So I don't really want repeat content on my blog. And I wanted a place that was just straight up newsletter archive, nothing else. You can go on it, read every single newsletter I've ever published. And I usually only publicize the link to my Substack through, you know, when somebody subscribes to my newsletter. So let's say you went on betweenlinescopy.com slash subscribe right now, subscribe to my newsletter. You'll get one marketing tip once a week. As soon as you subscribe, you get a welcome email. And in that welcome email, I explain like who I am, what the newsletter is going to be about, what you can expect from being on my email list. And I give the link to the archive and then I link via Substack um, some of my most popular favorite newsletters. And that's how people get access to the archive. Like I don't really publicize it. You'd have to go on Substack and search for me to find that. But yeah, that's why I use Substack. That's awesome. So, and you are, do a great job of like referencing past emails throughout your newsletter yeah. too. And I like, love being able to do that. <laughs> so, and those all link to your Substack, right? Yes, that's right. So that, and also, I guess my brain has like 5,000 questions. So I'm trying to like, ask me girl. 
I'm ready. So tell me from like an analytical perspective, do you feel like people find you via Substack or is Substack more of a chance for people to like get deeper engagement with you when they first like meet you? Like it's their opportunity to get to know you better. Honestly, I've never looked. <laughs> I've never looked. Like I've probably looked at now you are. on Substack. Yeah, now I'm going to go check. I definitely know that people find me through Substack because I can see people will subscribe to me on Substack. Obviously, they definitely find me through there, um, especially when I reference email newsletters that I've sent before, specifically on my Instagram story, because that's when I will link right to the archive. Like if I'm talking about a scenario that happened um, you know, a couple of weeks prior or something like that. And I want to reference a newsletter. I will post the, the direct link to it on my story. And I feel like people think that's how they can subscribe to my newsletter, which that does work. Like you will read it. It just won't come via Flowdesk in the exact format that I send it on Tuesday morning at 6.26 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, but you'll be able to see my newsletter that way. So people definitely find me through that. I definitely have other marketing channels that get me way more subscribers than Substack. Like my lead magnets are obviously huge. My Pinterest presence is definitely a huge influence um, and a reason why people subscribe to me. But I often, I would say I do this like quarterly. I check the subscribers on Substack and I will just like download the CSV and upload them to Flowdesk, which is what I use for email marketing and add them there because obviously they've already opted in. So I'm just gonna skirt them over there because on my Substack, I don't send out my weekly newsletter through that. Like I uncheck the box that says deliver via inbox because I'm already sending the newsletter on Flowdesk and it's like pretty, has a format, it has, so just for context for the listeners right now, if you're not subscribed to my newsletter, it's a story. And then I share like in a little list what the table of contents for the newsletter is. I share a marketing tip and then I share three things. Usually it's going to be a blog post, a portfolio project of mine, and like the book I'm reading or like the podcast I was on or something like that. And then in the conclusion, I talk about like current events or things that are relevant. So like ways to work with me or um, like sometimes I post affiliate content in there or random things that I recommend, whatever is going on. So that's what the newsletter looks like when you get it, you know, regular Tuesday morning, like you've subscribed via the normal way to subscribe. Uh, but on Substack, I only post the story and the tip. I don't post the other stuff that I save. There's no like images. I don't make it pretty because I don't care. So I'm like, you're here for the story and the tip. You don't need the rest of the stuff. Um, so I don't send it through Substack because I don't want people to A, get repeat content and B, get the, not the entirety of the newsletter. Like I, the Substack archive is for the like meat and potatoes of it, not the pretty stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about, because that's another thing is I think a lot of people talk about moving their newsletter over to Substack mm -hmm. and you're still using both Flowdesk and Substack. Do you yeah. feel like that's like, you're always going to do that? And if so, why, or do you think you could see a future iteration of living on Substack? I don't think that I will ever have the Tuesday table of contents solely living on Substack. I do understand why people choose to use Substack as a, that platform, but for me and my business, and I'm assuming the types of businesses that a lot of people listening to this podcast have, it doesn't make sense to only have Substack, and I can tell you why. So Substack, like I said, you're publishing long-form content, and you do have the ability to like blast out that content via email to everyone who's subscribed. I'm actually subscribed to several newsletters that are just on Substack. They are Substack newsletters. The reason why I don't like that is because first of all, you don't own the platform. Like any other platform on the internet, 
you don't you don't own that. You don't own your Instagram. You don't own your Pinterest. The only thing that you do own really on the internet is your website. What if something happened to Substack? What if Twitter bought Substack tomorrow? What if Tumblr bought Substack tomorrow and then completely changed everything? You don't want to build this huge following on this platform and solely rely on that for something so important as email marketing. Like email marketing really has the power to completely fuel your business. Like I swear I owe like 65% of my income to email marketing. Like that is where people are engaging with me. It's what's going to make people feel motivated to make that buying decision and decide to buy from me, work with me, have me be their mentor, sign up for my course. Like email is where the people are convinced. I don't want to build that platform on Substack when I don't own my Substack. You know what I mean? Like obviously it's mine, but something could happen to that website any day. So that's the number one reason. And the other number one reason, <laughs> I'm giving it two number one reasons because I don't want to make this second one secondary. Flowdesk lets you create forms opt-in forms, lets you create workflows, lets you create a bunch of other things that are necessary for a healthy email list and for a healthy email marketing strategy and situation. Substack doesn't do that. You can't really create opt-in forms. There's no like email sequence option where you can make a lead magnet and then have like a 12 email sequence if you wanted to follow. Um, so email marketing is not Substack's priority. I feel like it's just a convenient feature of the priority platform, I mean, the priority platform, the priority of the platform being publishing your long form content. Like Substack was like, oh, he, he, let's just add the option to email it. It's not an email marketing service provider like Flowdesk, like ActiveCampaign, like ConvertKit, any of those. It's not a replacement. And the reason why I even use it <clears throat> is just because I needed another place to publish my newsletter and to be able to link to. Um, and I'm dramatic. Like I manually every week <laughs> go on and add my newsletter to Substack. I started making this archive around my newsletter. I think it was number like 68 or 70 ish. And like I said, I'm on probably 140 by the time you guys are listening to this, maybe a, a bit more. And I had a summer intern last year and I made her go on and add every single newsletter I posted to Substack. And it took her so long. I think it took her a full week to do it um, because it was such an undertaking. So it's definitely not like an easy streamlined process and I'm sure other people do things in a more streamlined way than me but I just I just love the hard road you know I love to make things difficult for myself <laughs> <laughs> well I also think it's a way it's a way to repurpose your content because emails yeah. have a sh they have a short life like mm -hmm. people don't go and digest your email a month later unless you've actually like brought it up yeah. in some place or some form to then mm -hmm. have them go back and look at it. And it is a huge pain in the butt to go back through Flowdesk, for example, and link yeah. to all of your old emails and view them and access And where them that would that way. link live? You know, like where would yeah. those links even be? Even if you're wicked organized, like I am very organized inside my Flowdesk. I have a folder for my newsletters, a folder for like all the different types of emails that I send. So I would actually be, it would be easy for me to go back and find an email in Flowdesk because I have them all numbered and they're all mm -hmm. obviously chronological. But then you have like view.flowdesk.com slash like 752 million numbers. Nobody wants that link. I like that the Substack link is just btlcopy.substack.com slash s slash choose a table of contents. Like then there's the newsletter. You know what I mean, it's very easy for me to you to optimize the link. So it's not like looking messy and ugly and weird. So that's another yeah. reason why I like Flowdesk. But I mean like Flowdesk, like Substack for that and not Flowdesk. But like yeah. you said, I reference those newsletters all the time. And I've noticed that it's been really beneficial to see which ones resonate the most. Like I can see on Substack, which have the most views. Um, obviously I can see my email analytics too, but it's cool to see what people go back on the archive and read. Like the story that I told about the 
freaking boys on Hinge that post their fishing pictures. <laughs> that's TOC number 90. If you go on my archive and read it, <laughs> I think that's my, that one, actually I'm lying. That's my second most read. The first most read is of course the story about how I got matching tattoos with somebody on a first date. Um, that's my most read email, but I never would have been able to link back to those stories and have people be able to read them whenever they want. Like you said, emails, like I send them every Tuesday morning. Cool. You're going to read this Tuesdays. You're not, you don't get the emails that if you subscribe now, you don't, you don't get those. You don't get to read all of that good content that I've written. And my email list obviously consistently grows every week. And every week there are brand new subscribers that are getting Tuesday table of contents for the first time. But what if I want them to know about my matching tattoo? What if I want them to know about the boys on Hinge that give me the ick? What if I want them to know about the time that this dude at a chamber of commerce meeting made me drink eight ounces of straight vodka and I was very scared? Like, you need to know that content <laughs> to know my personality. <laughs> what would I do if I didn't have an archive? That that is very true. I actually just went to look because I was curious, which it is, it does live on substack.com. It's just BT, it's BTL yeah. is a subdomain of Substack. Um, yes. which would be super cool if Substack gave you the opportunity, which I doubt they do. And maybe you know this, yeah. do they give you the opportunity to build that as a subdomain of your own website? So it'd be no. like Substack dot. No, you have to live within theirs, which is yeah. another reason why to your point of like, it's a great place to repurpose content, but you don't own it. Um, yeah. and so ultimately like things could change. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. So another question I was going to have for you was, uh, like, Clearly, it's not an easier way to execute your email. No. It's just, it's a little bit more work, but it's benefited you. So I was going to ask basically how you manage that. Like, so one, you hired an intern and then moving forward, is this something you manually do an update for your business? Yeah, this is, I'm in between. Actually, I won't say in between. I'm in a transition of deciding whether or not I want to hire another business manager or assistant. I really love working with people in person. I was so lucky to find my summer interns. That was the summer of 2022 that she worked with me. And she did all of my administrative tasks that I, or like did like the annoying stuff that I didn't want to do. And Substack was one of them. That was so beneficial to have her set it up. Um, and she, for the duration of the time she worked for me, she was the one to post it on there. And then after she went back to college, I hired a business manager and she worked for me until she got a new job um, like two months ago. I think her last month working for me was June. It's August right now when we're recording this. So she was the one to post all of the newsletters to Substack. Great. I didn't think about it. So I, I've actually never until this summer had to do it myself. And it doesn't take that much time. I track all of my time on Toggle. Like every single moment that I spend working is tracked on Toggle because I have raging ADHD. And if I do not have a timer going, like I cannot be trusted to stay on task. So I track my time. It doesn't take me that much time to post something on Substack because in the drafts of my Substack dashboard, I have like the um, format for my newsletter. Like it's already in there. Like I have a little conclusion at the end that gives like a little mini about intro to me. And all I have to do is go from my Flowdesk email. So I will write my email newsletter schedule it. And then in Flowdesk, when you click on an email, you can click on the top, right? There's three little dots and one, it'll say like view in browser. I'll click that and then just copy and paste the story, copy and paste the tip, throw that in Substack, schedule it to go up on Tuesday morning. Sometimes I don't prioritize posting it the exact same time. Like nobody is like waiting for me at 626 in the morning to post the Tuesday table of contents to Substack. Like they are waiting in their inbox. I have had people tell me they're sitting there waiting for my email. Not on Substack though. <laughs> like I'm not Substack famous. It's not that serious. So sometimes I'll post it the next day. But usually when I schedule my email to go out for Tuesday morning is when I will just go ahead and do the Substack thing. So it's probably an extra like maximum 10 minutes, 10 minutes if I'm really moving slow, but usually it takes me like five. 
Yeah. And it is a great thing to like outsource to an intern or a VA because you've already wrote the content and done that in Flowdesk and someone. It's legit copy paste. Yeah. It's a re it's a repurposed strategy that Mm -hmm. makes your life easier. Also when you want people to engage with you in a deeper level and share more of your content, especially when they're brand new and you're talking about things like your welcome series and making sure that they understand what they signed up for. (laughs) I was literally texting a boy yesterday and sent him one of my newsletters and he was like, this is hilarious. You're so right about the fish pictures. And I was like, I know. (laughs) Uh, I love it. So do you think that everyone who has like a weekly newsletter should be leveraging Substack or do you think it's like uniquely for certain people? Um, I have a problem with the word should. I don't think everyone should. But I do think it's beneficial if you're somebody that writes either like very valuable educational email newsletters and you're not repurposing it elsewhere already, then Substack would be great for you. The reason why I say that is because let's say your email was like strictly business and you were not telling stories and it wasn't like a, it wasn't meant to be an entertaining thing. It was meant to be an educational thing. Chances are you already are writing a blog post about that too. Or you already are posting on Instagram about that too. So I don't think you would need another platform. Like you wouldn't need Substack to say the same content in a third place. You know what I mean? Especially, like I said, if it's an education first newsletter, I would have a hard time believing that you don't already post that content somewhere else because you're like, you're focusing on education. I know you're leveraging those other places. But if you tell a story-based newsletter, you write good entertaining content that you know people would enjoy and you have a reason to reference it again like I have a reason to reference my newsletters again because I educate about email marketing all the time I have an email marketing course I offer offer email marketing for clients I post about it all the time so I like to what I call play the narrator this is the strategy that I found really successful for me I will write something and then I will educate about how I thought of that or what I did to make it work or the specific things that I said, the strategy that I use. So I'm not only referencing it so you can see like, hee hee, good story by Sarah. Also what I did to make that successful. So I have a million reasons to reference old newsletters, which is why I use it. And then for somebody like you, let's say take Duo, for example, I would say you're in between educational and entertaining. Like you every Tuesday don't have to tell a story. You know what I mean? Like people aren't always expecting that. Like if I don't tell a story, I have like pitchforks at my door. People are like, where's my story? Do you feel pressure to tell a good story every week? Yeah, I do. I, you would die. I do feel pressure to tell a good story every week. Thankfully, I have mastered the art of turning boring things into really good content, which is a huge, huge plus. If you're sending a newsletter, I would say that's the number one skill you need to develop. Um, So the other day, yesterday, what even is today? Yesterday? I don't know. Today's not Wednesday. Yesterday was not Tuesday. We're just going to pretend like it was. Whatever. This week's newsletter, I was like, what the hell am I going to write? Seriously, I have nothing to say. I'm completely brain dead. It's, I'm on vacation still. I don't know. I should have planned ahead. I'm like, a piece of trash, what am I going to say? And turns out I am not able to write about anything that's not on my mind. Like, unless I have a plan, I'm like, can only find creativity in my current life scenario. And I had just the day before gotten myself into a situation where I had blocked someone, um, like from following me, like I blocked their contact and they texted me and I was like, that's weird. I didn't get it. And then turns out they found out that I blocked them. They were standing right next to me when I opened their contact and I said, unblock this caller. And I was like, love that for me. So that I turned that into my newsletter and I related it to website copy somehow expertly. Um, but anyways, if you're somebody like duo and you are halfway between educational and entertaining, I do think that would be a good idea to somewhere. It doesn't have to be Substack, have a newsletter archive, 
so you can reference back to those things. But also for me, the number one reason I think why I do it, I keep saying number one about everything. Number one reason why I think I do it <laughs> it's is all super important. Everything, everything everything you bless us with out of your mouth is just chef's so much. But no, it's <laughs> having ADHD, everything feels like a priority. Like actually I'm not able to assign different levels of priority to anything. Like everything feels like an emergency to me. So anyways, the reason why I really love having the archive is because email marketing is my primary marketing platform. That's where I create my content first. That's where like all of my good ideas go and everything stems from that. Other people, it's Instagram. Other people, it's TikTok. Other people, it's blog posts. And those are the main primary forms of content. What you like doing the most, what takes you the most time, like what you prioritize over everything else. So for me, I'm like, okay, I know I wrote that about that in TOC 68 or like, oh yeah, I said that in number 103. Like I have a good memory about what I said, where and when, because that's what I'm focusing all of my efforts on. So it's easier for me to reference that because some weeks that's all I do. Like I haven't posted on Instagram since June 22nd. <laughs> so I send my <laughs> newsletter every week though. And I post blog posts pretty consistently, but I know that my email is like my main thing. So having a reference point to be able to link back to for those main things, like sometimes the only time I'm marketing or educating about anything is in my newsletter. So that's why I use it. And that's what yeah. I recommend if you're thinking yeah. about it. Uh, Yeah, agreed. We talk about this all the time too, where if you yeah. are one person running your business, like thankfully Court and I can, it, we have two. Court likes Instagram. I like email. So like we split mm -hmm. it up that way. But it is unrealistic to have more than one, maybe two priority platforms. Yeah. Like, other than that, it is unrealistic. You can't be everywhere for everything unless you are going to outsource it or hire someone to manage it. Like mm -hmm. it's just, you're not going to be able to do that one thing good because you're going to be stretched thin. So that's where yeah, exactly. email is your thing as that's it should right. be because you're I love great it. at it. And anytime so I channel a really good story, I'm like, yes, I like channeled Sarah for that one. <laughs> love that for you. <laughs> but if I had to do that every week, like for years, I would, I'd quit. I'd quit. I'd be yeah. done. <laughs> I literally wrote a newsletter about how there's so much pressure to write good stories. I'm pretty sure that I one, remember. let's see, that one, let's I find the tell number. You the number. <laughs> I can tell you the number. Don't you worry. I can tell you the number right now. But I, like I referenced before, I told a story about how I got matching tattoos on a first date with a boy I had met 24 hours prior. And everybody was like dying for me to tell the story. Cause I talked about it on Instagram first, which I never usually do. And everyone was like, you better tell this story in the newsletter. I'm unsubscribing if you do not tell the story. So I obviously that was fine. I did have a good story about that. I didn't feel pressure about that story. The week after, how the hell am I going to top that? What am I supposed to say? So it's TOC number 120. You go on my archive to read it. And the subject line is, what if it's not juicy? <laughs> so literally the story is me being like, I, the first, the first line in the email says the pressure's on. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how I'm going to be able to top last week's newsletter. So it is true. Your emails keep getting that. better and better. Oh my God, thanks. <laughs> now I'm wicked pressured about what the, <laughs> the newsletter is going to be. Uh, especially week. since everyone's going to be signing up for it after this too. <laughs> you better. <laughs> or at least looking at the Substack archive um okay so one last thing for anyone who's like okay email is my thing I tell stories I love this this is where I want to also live how mm -hmm. is the setup process other than like obviously manually setting up all of your old content is it like pretty seamless to kind of set this all up and get started yes I would say it's seem uh I'm lying it's not seamless I would say it's simple but you definitely need to like play around with the platform before you understand it because they use terms that aren't like normal. Like on the dashboard, there's different ways to create content on it. You could 
like on mine, I have different subsections. So I have, it says home, the portfolio piece, which is a newsletter I sent about my portfolio pieces, Tuesday table of contents, which is the newsletter we've been referencing, and then archive, leaderboard, and about. So there's all these different like elements of a Substack profile, but I only care about the Tuesday table of contents really. Um, so just be strategic about how you want to set up your Substacks. There's a different way, couple different ways to do it, but it's pretty easy. Like I would never be like, oh my God, it's so hard to use. You won't be able to figure it out. Like, of course you'll be able to figure it out. Um, I would say from, let's say, I don't know, Instagram is the easiest thing to use, right? On a scale of Instagram to like Kajabi, which is the fucking hardest thing to use. I would give it like a Dubsado <laughs> rating. <laughs> I think Dubsado is easy to use, but you definitely need to spend some time figuring out at first. That's how I feel about Substack. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is yeah. A hundred percent true. Love Dubsado, but yeah, it does take I have hired experts. There's a little bit of a learning curve. Oh, for sure. So your table of contents and your archive are kind of the same thing since you use your Substack as your archive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I don't ever touch the archive. Yeah. (laughs) I'm assuming that just automatically populates for you. Yeah, it does. Okay. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Well, so I guess first things first, anyone who wants to kind of be like check out Substack should probably just explore Substack and digest other people's content first before they realize if this is the right tool for them to leverage. Yeah, I really like my client Wilda has a Substack newsletter called Between the B and W, Between the Black and White. Um, So just search Wilda on Substack if you want to stock one that's not mine. She sends hers through Substack. Um, So if you subscribe to hers, you can see what it looks like to get a Substack email newsletter. Uh, But I know that she doesn't use it for her like primary email marketing. Love that. Perfect. We'll include all of those in the show notes so that people can access those. So is there anything else, any other closing tips, takeaways, things you want to let people know about Substack before you go? I would say don't feel pressured to get on Substack just to have an archive. That's another question that I get a lot in my DMs for people being like, why do you have Substack? Am I supposed to be on Substack? I already have Flowdesk. Do I need both? You absolutely do not need both. Like I said, I'm dramatic. I want a place that I can go find any newsletter very easily in one second. I don't want it on my blog because I already post similar blog posts with similar content. So it doesn't make sense for me to do that. But if you are not going to be blogging at all, like you have no intentions on ever blogging and you don't care to have your newsletter archive on your blog, I would say, go ahead and do that. The only downfall is like, why would someone subscribe to your newsletter? You know what I mean? If it's already there on your blog, what would be the point of them giving you their email address? They could just read your blog. So something to consider if you're interested in Getting an archive, it's not necessary, but I mean, if you have an extra five, 10 minutes a week and you're already sending a weekly newsletter, might as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do think it's definitely a great way to get deeper engagement with your audience and have them get to know you better, um, which is great. But yeah, I think just like any platform you sign up for, like, why should I get TikTok? Why should I be on Clubhouse? Why should I sign up for Threads? Like you should have, yeah, right. You should have a reason as to why you're doing it and it should not be because everyone else is doing it or because it's trending right now like it should Mm -hmm. be here's what I'm going to use this tool for it makes sense for my business for this reason and ultimately like what is it doesn't need to have an ROI like you don't need to always be having a revenue generator from it but if your thing is like deeper engagement or easier for me to reference past content or make Mm -hmm. sure I don't lose past content like whatever it is you have to understand what your ROI is even if it's not revenue like making sure that you have a reason as to why you need the platform there needs to be another word for that rather than ROI but you know like yeah gross gross reason of investment I don't know yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> reason. Yeah. Just change the like, R. Reason. Oh, I like that. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Reason yeah. of reason on investment, reason of your investment. Yeah. It's not even an investment. Substack is free. So it's not even an investment. Reason of your choice. Yeah. People are going to get a little insight into what our conversations are actually like. if we (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. All right. Well, how about you tell everyone where they can go to find you? Obviously we are going to include the link to table of contents and our Substack and all the good stuff in the show notes, but yeah, where just let everyone know where they can go. You can go to betweenthelinescopy.com to find me on the internet. You can also go to betweenthelinescopy.com slash subscribe to subscribe to my newsletter and get the pretty version, not the ugly Substack version. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm BTL Copy there. And I've also decided to re-enter my TikTok era. So I'm Sarah with no H with two underscores N-O-E-L. Sarah Noel with two underscores in between. Abby will link it for you, but I'm answering questions about becoming a freelance copywriter, email marketing, website copywriting, literally anything that anyone has a question about. If you comment it on a TikTok video, I will make a video in response. If you go to my TikTok right now, you'll see every single video is in response to a comment. That's my little TikTok strategy. So if you want a quick answer to a question that you have, I will make a video for you if you follow me on TikTok. But while we're on the subject of email marketing, this is my last thing to share with you. I have an entire email marketing course where you can learn about lead magnets, newsletters, opt-in copy, welcome sequences, archives, storytelling, copywriting, everything you need to be successful as an email marketer. It's called the email marketing chapter and it's at betweenthelinescopy.com slash email dash chapter. And that's everything I got for you. I hope you love it. Enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. And this is going live mid-September, which means cool. you'll also probably have something else coming out soon, right? I will have my, <laughs> I'm like, thank you for bringing it up, Miss Girl. I would love <laughs> to tell you okay so my signature online course is called site series it is the most comprehensive website copywriting and content marketing course on the internet i'm not being dramatic for once when i tell you that <laughs> uh you will learn how to write every single page of your website copy and how to get the right people to your website like i said using blogging email and seo but the cool part about the new site series that is that you'll be able to purchase the chapters separately so how i just was talking about the email chapter all of the chapters will be available for purchase separately so that's Website copy, copywriting basics, SEO, blogging, email marketing, and then, of course, how to launch your website. So it's going to be really, really cool. I'm in the process of updating the entire thing right now. I've gotten great feedback from the current students of 125 students, or maybe a little bit more. I haven't checked in a minute, but 120-something students in the course right now, and they're all doing great and launching amazing websites. And if you want the same results, check out site series. You can just literally Google website copy course. Thanks to Abby and her great SEO optimization. <laughs> um, Google website copywriting course, or just type in site series or go to between the lines, copy.com slash site dash series. And there's a bunch of ways I can teach you how to write great website copy and other things. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and being our first repeat guest. It was great. Woo! I'm excited for everyone to hear about it. If you like this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please go ahead and leave us a review and don't hesitate to share any new episode ideas. We absolutely love hearing from you and creating this content for you. See you next week.